It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 608 on a Saturday morning and bonjour, bonsoir, and how y'all doing? It's a Saturday morning lawn and garden show hosted by, you guess it, that old guy who used to be here before Ashley Frasca was here. Yes, Walter Reeves, the Georgia gardener here this Saturday morning to host the lawn and garden show having returned from a fabulous trip to Italy and France. Man, did we have a good time. Italy, France, France, Italy. Monaco run into there. We could see Switzerland over the border, so that almost counts. But we had a terrific time. This was another one of my garden tours that I take with 30, 40 people at a time. We just go over to places and see things. And it doesn't, it's not all gardens. You understand this. There's some gardens in there, but there's a lot of art and history and Frankly, things that we want to do that we decide on the fly of the moment, on the spur of the moment that we want to go do. Great food. You cannot have you cannot have a meal in France or Italy without having good food. So we went over there. We've been gone now two weeks. We were there for two weeks. Last Saturday we were um, six hours ahead where we were in that part of France. And so six hours ahead, and our tour leader had a uh, iPhone, a data plan on his iPhone. And we said, hey, Tebow, how about dialing up WSB radio and see if we can listen to the radio show? And sure enough, Tebow listened to the radio show last Saturday morning, and there was Ashley Frasca doing an incredibly professional job hosting the show. Some lady talking about how to kill wisteria and poison ivy, their own special methods of doing such. And, of course, uh, I believe it was Mark and, and Mickey were here last weekend to host the show or be the guest experts for the show. But it was really, really, really interesting to hear the Lawn and Garden Show from across the world in France with Ashley hosting and having just a great time ourselves going around and around to all the places we went. I'll tell you more about the, uh, the sights and the food and the odd things and stuff like that as the morning progressive start of every hour, I guess. I'll talk a little bit about the trip and, and who went on it. Well, I'll tell you right now who went on it. They have a very eclectic crowd this time, and some have been with me multiple times. In fact, one guy, I believe, has been with me almost every trip that I've done, starting in South Africa in 2010. And Claude Picklesheimer, I believe, has been with every trip since then, just about, other than one, maybe or two in Cuba. So that was great to see Claude. Um, Willis Lanier and his wife Tish were there, of course, and they have been with me on most every tour as well. Uh, Arnie, <laughs> Arnie Richards and his wife Jan have been there on just about every trip. And then we had new people as well, people who came from Oregon, Salem, Oregon, who frankly didn't know me at all, but who uh, just wanted to go on a garden tour. And so they signed them up through the tour company that I worked with. And they got to go, became great friends with those four. We had people from here in Atlanta who invited their buddies from their family friends from, from Chicago, and they came, and that was fun to meet them as well. Um, just people that we picked up off the street, basically going to the airport the first Saturday <laughs> that we took to France and Italy. We started in Italy. The weather over there, I'll have to tell you, was not the best. It was rainy, but when you're in another country and the food is good and the company is great, and the gardens are pretty. You got an umbrella. Okay, big deal. So we wandered around um, some of northern Italy to see some of the gardens there. 
crossed over to Monaco, crossed into uh, the Côte d'Azur, the Côte d'Azur, the Blue Coast, it's called. And when you go there, you will understand why it gets that name. Incredibly blue water, incredibly blue sky, and it seems like all the buildings have this little tiny blue cast to them, so the whole place is blue. The Blue Coast, the Riviera, Monaco, places where Lamborghinis are like Volkswagens. <laughs> there was a line of car dealerships down the main drag that went down one afternoon and it had Lamborghini and Porsche and uh, Range Rover and all the Bentley, all the major, major luxury brands of uh, cars for sale there, just one showroom after another. And when we went to the airport in Nice, the Euro 216, the big soccer tournament is coming up. This was this coming today, I guess it is. Today's the 10th. And so it was coming up real soon then. And the number of private airplanes that had flown in and were parked there at the Nice airport, rank upon rank upon rank, dozens, could have been 50 private airplanes there, just lined up as close as you could get them up and down the, up and down the runways at the airport in Nice because of all the rich folk who come in to to see the soccer tournament. Now, of course, I have pictures of a lot of this stuff, and I put it on my website. And if you want to go to WalterReeves.com and click through some of those pictures, actually call and ask questions if you want to about what we did and what we saw and some of the funny things that I posted there, you're welcome to do so, as well as answering questions about garden and um, landscaping and flowers and things like that. Here's the number to dial, 404-872-0700. 50. That's the numbers that our friend down in Griffin, Nicole, dialed just a few minutes ago. Good morning, Nicole. Mr. Reeve. Mr. Did you miss me? You did, didn't you? We did, and Ashley did a fabulous didn't job. Didn't she do a great job? Good gosh. I mean, I'll have to check up on her when I'm out of the country, and I checked up on her, and she was doing good. Yes, she's good. She's good. Uh, it's pronounced La Côte d'Azur. La Côte d'Azur. Well, that's for you for people who have the French accent who could do that. <laughs> You know, you'll notice that this morning I only started with bonjour because anything further than bonjour and merci is uh, a little out of my vocabulary. But this got two important ones. Yeah. Cote d'Azur. Merci. That's the nice, nicest thing you can say, I think, in France. Bonjour. Yes, mer- yes. Merci. Uh, my brother-in-law was from Italy, and he was telling me about the blue sky, yeah. and he said, incredible. He said, why is that? Because of the... Uh, Planet where we situated? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it is. It is. It does seem to be a brighter, bluer sky over there than we have here. Yes, yes, he was telling me that. Um, yes. It's prime time for peach, blueberry, and yeah. blackberry. Yeah, I came home and I saw there were ripe blueberries in my little blueberry cage that I built over my bushes before I left. Yes, there are. I went to a farm, you know, a gardener farm in Locust Grove. And I saw this little bird coming out of the bush, and then, stupid me, I went to see if I could see see the baby. Yeah. You know what he did? What did he do? Poke me on the derriere. (laughs) That's another French word, derriere. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this little bird was doing what little birds do when their babies are, are threatened. They defended themselves, even though it's some great big person who really doesn't mean any harm, but they didn't want you messing with their babies. Yeah, I told her, I said, I got it. I have uh, this bird here. It's like a tree bird and one cat. <laughs> and what's the cat going to do? 
Well, they're bombing the cats oh, big time. Yeah, Wow, wow. And mockingbirds are the most aggressive and most fearless, I think, of all the territorial plant, you know, family-protecting birds, because mockingbirds will come out of nowhere, right past your ears, and get the heck out of the airway, because they got things important there to guard. Yeah, when I went to this farm, I was by myself again, me and the Chinese people. Uh-huh. I mean, it's just disappointing for them because they invest so much, you know, in spraying and cutting and things, and people don't go. And this is a farmer's market in Locust Grove? No, it's a private farm. Oh. It's a, uh-huh. a gardener's farm. It's in many, many durations. And peach, you know, peach... Uh, uh, tree are in decay, you know. But boy, they had blackberry big time. Oh yeah, it's the right time. I, we looked. I looked as I was driving home from the airport on Thursday. I was looking at a little patch that I know where some blackberries are, and thinking they're red now, but they'll be black in a few days. I'm going to come back here, get me some blackberries. My mother's blackberries should be right right now when I go see her this week. Yes, yes. Uh, do you uh, have a blueberry at your house? I do have blueberry. Like I say, I have a cage. This is the greatest thing. I built a cage out of PVC pipe and put bird netting over it before I left because the bushes were just hung with blueberries before I left. They're all green then. Uh, I have one blueberry. Is the leaves are spot? It's missing something, isn't it? Possibly. When the when blueberries fruit, one of the things to notice is that many of the leaves that are out towards the end of the branch will start turning yellow a little bit. They will get chlorotic because the blueberry bush is putting resources into, into ripening its fruit. And so it pulls nitrogen, it pulls nutrients and minerals away from the leaves to go towards the fruit. And once the blueberry fruit is ripened, then the nutrients go back out to the leaves. It will green back up again sometime in July. So it's possible if you just have yellow leaves that it's not a, pop, not a problem. It's just something naturally that happens with blueberries. I saw one blueberry bush. It was so full of blueberries yeah. that they drop all the blueberries to save themselves, isn't it? Well, sometimes they do that. I mean, you have the blueberry research area over there at your ex- uh, extension uh, farm, the, the experimental farm over there in Griffin, and they have enormous blueberry bushes there, and sometimes I think they do uh, drop blueberries just to save themselves, to thin their fruit, like peaches and apples sometimes do. So uh, did you have a lot of stuff to do when you come back? Oh, mercy. I got a lot of stuff to do. I had to answer all the emails, got all my newspaper articles ready, got everything to do and prepare for this show. And sad to say that we've prepared enough and talked enough that I have to go right now, Nicole, but it's great talking to you. It's great to be home. Great to hear your voice. Enjoy your day. Enjoy your day as well. It's 6.18 on a Saturday morning, and you're listening to Lawn and Garden. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, truck mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves and the lawn and garden advice you need. A little atmospheric music there. A little French dance around a little bit there. Quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. Summer-like conditions make for a very hot day in the garden today. Temperatures are going to start where they are right now, 69.2 degrees, and climb all day long to the low 90s this afternoon. Lots of sunshine, very slight chance of rain. If very slight means zero chance of a stray shower tonight. Conditions about the same. Lows dropping into the low 70s. Stay tuned. Atlanta's most, ac- ex- <laughs> Atlanta's most accurate and dependable forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Ron, 
And Ellis, or Ron Ellis, joins me on the Lawn and Garden Show. Hey, Ron, good morning. Hey, Walter, how you doing? I'm all right. What's up? Hey, I've got blueberry bushes that are full of blueberries, but yeah. um, they're getting about half the size, and then they're just kind of drying up and, and dropping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, we talked about them earlier. You, you talked, uh, Nicole and I were talking about that earlier, and that's exactly what happens when the plant just says, man, there's too many of these. i got to get out of here. So it drops about half of them. But the thing you can do that will save a lot of them, Ron, is water. Yeah, I've been soaker, soaker hoses. Yeah. You need to soak a hose to make sure it's nice and moist, almost saturated, and then let it dry out for four or five days and saturate it again. And blueberries have real shallow root systems, and because of the shallow root system, they you know, spread the roots way out in a large area around each shrub. Okay. I was just walking around down there, and there's a, um, an army of uh, molehills. Mole yeah. What, could that... Keep them. No. Uh, I mean, could that be a problem? Make no. them dry out. My, I mean, maybe dry out, perhaps a little bit, but I wouldn't think that that would have a major effect on the blueberry shrubs or the fruit or anything like that. Moles, of course, eat insects, and there may be some insects in the ground. Perhaps there's some weird connection between the number of insects in the ground and the health of the blueberry bushes, but I don't think there's a major connection I, between the I two. I figured it'd keep it aerated. How are you doing with uh, protecting the, the blueberries from birds? I'm not. Um, that's why I was going to ask you, uh, can I get nettings at, at pipes? Absolutely. Or and, what I, and I promise you, it's a pain in the patootie to do this, but I'm so proud of myself for making these for lack of a better word, cages. I got half-inch PVC from the hardware store and the fittings to make corners and you know joiners and things like that. And so I made a cage, put some rebar plugs into the ground so I could put the pipe over the rebar to hold it upright. And then once I made the cage, took netting and sort of draped it over on all sides and secured it to how, the how ground. How big is the netting? Uh, the netting, gosh, is uh, t 10 by 20, I believe. 10 by 20, okay. Yeah, yeah. And to straighten it out, I used my carport floor. I backed all the cars out of the carport and sort of pulled the netting one direction and the other and put rocks and bricks over the corners just to make sure I knew how big it was before I cut it into, you know, the six or seven foot wide strips that right. I needed. Is it the mockingbirds that... I mean, uh, really I think it's it? every bird. Mockingbird, certainly. Uh, brown thrasher, certainly. Um, cardinal, certainly. I'm sure every bird out there is looking okay. at your blueberries, Ron, saying, mmm, breakfast. Mmm, got me have some breakfast over there. Okay. And then, and you're right, when they put on a lot of fruit, they do start turning yellow. Yeah, getting that's right. Getting chlorotic a little bit. Yeah. All right. Got to go, Ron. Thank you. Bye. We'll see you, man. 404-872-0750, the number. We'll be back after news. It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 6.36 on a Saturday morning, 69 degrees outside. This is Lawn and Garden. I'm Walter Reeves, the Georgia Gardener, here to help you be more successful doing whatever you want to do in your garden. And all you have to do is call 404-872-0750. Get your call in. Rachel Perry is here screening calls in Ashley's absence. Ashley, having, having hosted the show for the past two weekends, is taking a very well-deserved break off this Saturday. And I am newly returned from Italy and France, which we'll talk about during the show as well. But again, the number 404 872 0750. 
I dearly love it when people help each other to solve garden problems on Facebook at this particular time. And a couple of my Facebook correspondents on uh, the Georgia Gardener Facebook page were talking to each other about using sulfur to deter ticks and chiggers and things during the summer. And as they were talking, they began to talk about how to how to fix the sulfur into a baby powder, how to put it on, and how to where to put it on your ankles and pants and things like that. And I thought that is exactly what people ought to do, is give good research-based information. And they were quoting to each other sources that they had found about um, how to use sulfur and how to mix it up with baby powder. But it does work like a charm. If you are a hiker, or if you like just to walk in the woods, or if you have dogs that need to walk in the woods and they come back with fleas and ticks and things on their skin, which can transfer to you, one of the easiest and best ways to keep them from getting on your skin is using sulfur. And sulfur, as many of you know, just the yellow powder you used to could be able to get, buy it from grocery stores and drugstores. I'm not sure you can anymore. You could buy it from garden centers as well in little five-pound bags. But you take the sulfur and mix a little bit of it in baby powder, just a little bit, doesn't take much, and just shake the baby powder over your socks and over the cuffs of your pants and on the elbows and places where they might crawl up underneath the shirt sleeves and things like that, and the ticks will be gone. They will not want to be on your skin. That is smelly stuff. They don't like it at all. So if you have a, a tick or a flea or a chigger problem from out of doors, then you can do that. Speaking of fleas, this is about the beginning, if not the middle, of the flea season. And so this is the time of year when fleas are found on dogs and cats and people, and you just hate to, hate to have fleas around the house. And one of the things that's most important to remember is that there is always a three-prong approach to flea control. Three prongs. Three prongs. One prong is control it on the animal, and there are a number of insecticides and treatments and things you can put on your animal through the little drops and other rubbing things. Your vet may give you something that's a prescription for your, for your dog or cat. So you control it on the animal. That's one prong. Second prong for flea control, outside, but not everywhere in the yard, only where the animal tends to hang out. If it's near the shade under a shrub at the corner of the yard where your dog likes to loaf during the afternoon when you let him out, that's the place that you treat for fleas, not the whole spray the whole yard for fleas. There's no need for doing that because, honestly, there are not many fleas where the dog isn't. If the dog is there, that's where fleas will accumulate the eggs and the and the uh, larvae and the adults will accumulate around there, and then you don't have to worry about spraying the whole yard with insecticide. So you got the one prong is control it on the animal. Second prong, control it outside. Third prong, if your dog or cat does come inside, which most do, then you have to control it inside. And one of the most important things you can do inside the house is to vacuum regularly. Regularly. I mean like once every two or three days. Vacuum the house and particularly again where the dog or the cat is most often going to be. Near the near the cat bed over by the edge of the edge of the kitchen or maybe it's the area around the cat uh, uh, litter box or where the dog has a little place that the dog sits over there by the by the lounge chair. All those have to be vacuum, vacuum, vacuum to get all the eggs because eggs fall off of the animal regularly and they get onto the carpet or into the carpet into cracks on hardwood floors and the eggs stay there until they're developed enough to hatch out and get back on the animal and vacuuming does a terrific job in controlling fleas indoors so three prongs to free control one on the animal one outside and one indoors by vacuuming victor victor joins us from campton victor how you doing victor good uh, good morning walter how are you i'm quite well how can i help victor 
Well, I'm growing some uh, uh, a little garden in the backyard, but I have some zucchinis that uh, they grow about two inches and they suddenly die. I don't know if I'm watering enough or not. Well, the goal on any plant is to keep the soil on the moist side, but never ever soggy, soggy. So that's one thing, just always keep in mind, you don't want to overwater, particularly young plants that don't have a big root system, just a lot of water can drown them. I mean, literally drown them. So make sure of that. Uh, what other symptoms do you see, Victor? Um, that, they just turn yellow first, and that's it. Huh. And I, other than that, that's all I see. <laughs> and this is in, you've turned the soil, it's nice and soft, and you know all the good stuff about how to get the soil ready to plant, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the plant is really green and big, but it's just, I don't well, know. Well, I don't have a great clue. I don't have enough symptoms to make a case for any particular thing causing them to keel over and die. So what do I say? Plant them again. You got more seeds there. You come up within about five days, so you haven't lost much time, and you'll have plenty of zucchini. I'll guarantee you that. So you have plenty of time to replant. So try it again, okay? Okay. Well, thank you. You Roger. bet, Victor. Thanks for calling. 404-872-0750 will get you in to take Victor's place. John is uh, up in Cartersville. John joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, John. Good morning. Good morning, Walter. I have a question. My peaches on my peach tree, I had thousands, and they were looking perfect. Yeah. Another month or so, they're ready to pick. Yeah. Three days, mold, they all rotted on my tree. Mm. What happened? <laughs> Actually, it's what didn't happen. Okay. What didn't happen was John didn't listen to me talking about uh, March or early April about how you have to spray your peach trees for the brown rot that'll cause all your fruit to rot in June. And John didn't catch that, and now John's behind the eight ball. So <laughs> that's what yes. didn't happen, John. <clears throat> you have a cobbler. No peach cobbler for me this none, year. None, 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 none. All right, so the deal is there's a real virulent, terrible disease that gets on peaches called brown rot. And brown rot yes. starts when they're blooming. That's why I was back in March and very early April saying, everybody, if you have peaches, if you want to have peach fruit this year, spray now with a fungicide to keep the brown rot at bay. And when you have wow. these nice warm nights, we've had nice warm nights for the past few days, it's going to go up to 90-some this coming week. That is perfect brown rot development conditions. So the peaches just have no way to fight the disease. And so they all get it, and they all fall off, and there's John looking unhappy. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Now, is there a specific spray? Yeah, yeah. Um, you can find easily, there's one called Captan. Just remember, the your cap is what you're going to throw up in the air when you have your peach pie the first time. Okay. Or there's another one called Dacanil. It comes in a little red bottle. But if it says fungicide for garden use, that's what you want to use. Fungicide for garden use. And do it when they are blooming. That's the most important time to do the spray. Okay, sir. So I'll get it at Wonderful Pikes then. Brown rot. That's what you got. And then the good thing, John, I have an opportunity for you. If you want ripe peaches, go to one of the farmer's markets. A lot of the towns around Atlanta have farmer's markets on the weekends, sometimes during the week as well. And you can get some really, really nicely grown peaches from those places that other people have had to deal with all the hassle and the work of spraying, and you get to enjoy the fruit. So patronize a farmer's market. They got what you want. 
Thank you very much, Walter. You bet, John. Thanks for calling. Drive safely, man. You too. Bye-bye. 45 minutes past the hour. Jim? Jim's up in Marietta and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Jim, good morning. Good morning, Walter. Um, I grow blueberries for the first time in my life. Oh, great. And got them from uh, the Cobb County Extension here. And um, I, I did, did, all the, did all the right things, but I, I've, I've been told that you need, uh, the first year you pull the blooms off yeah. so that the, the blueberries can establish the root system. They don't have to work on um, producing the fruit. Yeah. I didn't do that. Now I got blueberries all over yeah. my blueberry bushes. What's the best thing I can do going forward here to, to make sure the root system gets established? And we, we, we used to sell blueberries in the DeKalb County Extension Office, and we would sell a bunch of them out there. And every time I would say to a mother or father who had their children with them, and I would say, and the first year you have to pick off all the flowers to make roots, and those little kids' eyes would look at their mommy's face and say, we have to pick them off before we get the blueberries. Oh! <laughs> And so I modified my advice, and I'll modify it for you as well, Jim. Take off about half of them and enjoy the rest of them. It's not going to materially affect the longevity of that plant. It's not going to materially affect the root system development of that plant. Enjoy life. I mean, come on. Eat dessert first. And so pick off about half the fruit, flip them over into the, into the woods, and let the others develop, put you and the birds can share, and have some blueberries this year. So, so, so I understood it took the, take the blooms off. So uh, now that the blueberries, I just go ahead and take the blueberries yeah. off, or yeah. half of them, and then, uh, and and then the plant doesn't have to worry or put energy toward. You got um, it. Okay. Now, can, can I throw one more in? Yeah, I, real I quick. Got, I also, I also got raspberries, and the, the half of them, they're, they're still essentially dead sticks. Look like dead sticks mm. coming up out of the ground. At what point do I just say, you know, this isn't going to work now? If they're dead sticks and have no green leaves on them now, Jim, they are okay. dead. D-E-A-D, right. dead. Now, Very good. you may yep. see more sprouts come up next to those dead sticks, so cut off the brown stuff. That's dead. But raspberries have a remarkable ability to send up root sprouts, which could still be healthy underneath the ground. And so okay. just leave that area alone for another couple of months anyway, just to see if something sprouts up unexpectedly. You may have okay. some. Okay, right. very good. All right. Thank you, Walter. Jim, All thanks right. so much for calling. 648 News Talk WSB. You're listening to Lawn and Garden. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, truck mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves, the Lawn and Garden advice you need. That is Serge Gainsbourg, man. He's a big-time French uh, recording artist. I'll take your word for it. The French recording artists who are being featured today brought to you by Scott Maxim. Quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security, where today, if you add just oh, 20 degrees to where we are right now, 70 degrees, it's going to be that in about six hours from now. Lows are highest today in the low 90s overnight. Lows in the, let's call it the low, 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 low 70s, maybe the early high 60s tonight. Not a chance of rain. Doesn't seem like throughout the whole day. Sunny, bright, hot. Stay inside. Drink iced tea. Don't do gardening work today unless you really just have to between now and noon. The full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Tom in Smyrna joins us right this very minute. Hey, Tom, good morning. 
Good morning, Walter. Thanks for taking uh, my call. So what we have are uh, something is eating the cutting, actually, the flowers off our uh, zucchini and our yellow squash. You you know, as soon as they bloom, you know, we've got big blooms. Yeah. And something's like like decapitating our our flowers. We went to... um a cathedral. I can't remember what town it was. It was near Nice, but I can't remember the name of the town where they had a a market, farmers market every uh, morning. And one of the vendors there had these enormous, beautiful zucchini blossoms that had evidently been picked within the last hour, just on the outskirts of town, I guess, because they were full. They were not wilted. They were fresh, and they, of course, use them to stuff things into mushrooms and pieces of meat and things like that. So it was a gorgeous, gorgeous. Uh, picture for me to take, which I posted on my website. But I would be willing to bet you, Tom, mm-hmm. that the blooms that are falling off of your zucchini are falling off due to natural causes rather than some critter chopping them off. And I'll, oh. I'll, I'll tell you how to figure this out. Go out and look at your stem, look at the flower, look at the way that it's attached to the main squash plant. If you see a little zucchini under it, that is a female flower. If you do not see a little zucchini under it, it is a male flower, and they will appear first on a vine for a couple of weeks, and then they will fall off each day as, as they appear. So, um, my so the, male, bet, the male falls off. You got it. And that is what's going on. The male flowers have appeared. They're open for a single day. And if they, you know, nothing happens, they simply wilt and fall off. But the female flowers come pretty quickly after the male flowers appear, within at least seven, maybe ten days, I guess. And so you can be assured if you have a healthy zucchini plant, the female flowers with a little zucchini underneath them, they will come. And the male flowers being open at the same time will get some pollen over there, and you'll have some zucchini. Okay. Okay. So just be patient and kind of let uh, nature take its course. Hang out. Nature will occur. They do want to propagate each other. And if you want to ensure pollination, you can always take a little Q-tip swab and put it inside the male flower. Now that you know what one looks like, and add take the pollen from that flower over to the female flower and dingle it around inside there, and you're a parent. There you go. Thanks for calling, Tom. At six fifty-eight, we'll be back tomorrow. Lawn and garden after news.